coming to you live from the Business Radio X studio. It's Franchise Marketing Radio, brought to you by IDS, an award-winning digital marketing agency that delivers integrated marketing solutions for franchisers, franchisees, and franchise development teams. Learn why over 75 brands depend on IDS's team of dedicated marketers and client service professionals to deliver a strong ROI on their marketing investment. Go to IDSFranchiseMarketing.com for a complimentary digital audit and consultation. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Franchise Marketing Radio. I'm your host, Rob Ganley. And I have yet another remarkable guest with me today. I say that every time, but I mean it. These are great people and it's no no difference today. And very excited to welcome the CEO of Griswold Home Care. His name is Michael Slupecki. Welcome to the show, Michael. Hey, thanks, Rob. We appreciate the opportunity. You got it. You got it. I love having you here. So it's my pleasure. Anyway, t- you know, before we dive into to the brand and you know the the rich history that you have, because you go back a little way, especially helping this industry really early on and uh, being pioneers in it. Tell me a little bit about your experience, though, in coming, getting connected with the brand and the industry. I know you you have a background in the industry as well. Sure. Yeah. Well, my career really came up through the finance side of the house, starting with KPMG. But my first opportunity to get into home health and home care goes back nearly 20 years. And I was with a you know another brand that we had the full service from home care through skilled home health, even end of life hospice care, which I think really kind of built out perspective that we'll get into a little bit later around how we see how home care can evolve uh, and well is evolving but we want to be a leader in the evolution to, to ask ourselves to do more than we've traditionally done giving the challenges that we're all going to be facing in the years to come but yeah i really you can almost say i came into this space by accident but then fell in love with it not really truly appreciating when i took a a role with the home health care business, but I've, I've loved it. I love the mission driven. I love helping people and, and giving back. And it's unique. It's not a business that's about, it's not a business that's about unit economics, right? It's a business about caring for people. Yeah, I know. You have to almost, it's interesting because no matter what, it always is about that because you want to do the other, but the priority is really the first thing, right? It's helping people. Any great business, I always look at as, hey, well, if if you're helping people, you've got to find a way to be a great business so that you can help more people and do it well and keep doing it well. So I think that's amazing. But yeah, I hear that a lot with this industry. And and I know from being an older adult, you know, it comes a compelling thing when your parents get older and uh, you have decisions to make. So, and there, you know, when you do need that, man, it feels good to get that service from someone who knows what they, they're doing and can give you guidance because you just don't know for sure. And it's not like it's it's not like other things where you constantly hear about it. People are sharing stories. In fact, yeah. it's the opposite. You'll probably share more about that, but people don't talk about this stuff. And uh, so you don't know much to, what to do, even if people around you may have some experience or not saying much. So that is kind of an issue. We'll talk more about that. But you know, tell me a little bit about about the brand, you know, Griswold. What makes you guys unique? What are you doing? For, for our listeners that aren't as mature in, in the senior care industry, tell us about how you're serving folks. 
Yeah, you know, we do have the rich history, but I think just as important as going back to the, the, the beginning, it's really about who we are, you know, today. And we're, and what I touched on earlier about bringing some of my experiences from the home health side, I think that's where we're trying to be different. We're trying to bridge the gap. You know, traditional home care, you know, it's, it's, it's a really, a, you know, a mom and pop uh, industry that historically has been very unsophisticated. In other words, they began and ended their service at providing a caregiver, which is, you know, what people need on a day-to-day basis, but where they've missed the opportunity or missed options is around, we are in the home more than anybody else. Uh, And so we have the ability to observe and document and collect a, a vast amount of data that historically the industry hasn't done. And to be able to arm um, be part of that health solution is a is a gr- great opportunity. More and more people are understanding that, um, you know, people don't lack the medical care; they l- lack the, the preventative care, and things like they they call social determinants of care. I mean, food security, um, you know, even the safety of the home. Things that we can really impact can go a long way. Uh, to helping someone stay safely in their home for a longer period of time. Well, tell me a little bit about the driver behind that type of service. Like what your franchisees are out there every day serving uh, their community. Um, your, your, your brand that you said it earlier, you know, you really people first, really, I think is what you're saying um, is that you're serving these seniors and their families first, right? First and foremost. And, and so what, you know, you, you guys have some guiding principles. You have baked into your culture, sort of a way you look at things. Can you explain that, like how that influences how you do business? Yeah, and we just actually went through a complete, you know, rebrand. And um, and, and the rebrand isn't, a lot of folks just think it's a, a logo or a mark or, which, which we did address, but that's kind of the last step of the process. The first re- step is, is, is doing a, you know, who, who we are and what are our core values and the principles as you touched on, right? And, you know, where we landed um, was this concept of live assured. And, and what, what that really was, what was unique about that is too often companies just are very uh, centric on the customer. But what, what we wanted to come up with is, you know, we have multiple customers, our caregivers are our customers, our clients that we take care of are our customers, their families are our customers, because many times they're the ones that are making the decision to, to, to buy care for their loved one. You know, we also feel like our employees within the company um, are our customers. So we feel like everybody at the table has to come together to be for this to be successful. So we wanted live assured to speak to all of those constituencies, not just coming up with, you know, a, a saying that speaks only to the clients that we care for, because we, you know, we can't do it without everybody else. Yeah. Does, we talked a little earlier and, you know, my background is marketing and technology and things. Tell me a little bit, you would say something like live assured, you know, and peace. And we talk about peace of mind, providing peace of mind. I mean, as an older person that had an older father that I was worried about at one point, um, 
that really hits home, like the peace of mind part and, and live assured or for me or for him, really for him, but it makes me feel pretty assured too. So like that, that's like, but tell me what's packed into that from a live assured, all this technology or how do you even see it starting to play more and more of a role to start to fill in some of those, maybe some of those gaps where you can't be there all the time, anything that you could share, but I'm just curious, how does that play a role? Yeah. You know, technology is moving so fast. So we, you know, I don't, we don't like to even talk about a specific technology, but we, we talk about what we're trying to accomplish with technology. And again, um, you know, the, the, the cost of, of one-on-one care with a caregiver has, uh, has been impacted dramatically since COVID, uh, with a lot of, you know, we've seen a lot of inflation on the, on the base pay levels. We used to talk about, oh my God, $15 minimum wage. What are we going to do? Well, guess what? You know, $15 has arrived regardless of what the government says, which has resulted in a lot of inflation. So what we're trying to do is use technology to be in the home 24 seven, regardless of whether or not our caregiver is in the home. And so, yeah, we've worked with, um, you know, monitoring technologies that will, it, it's not only the, like the f- people think of the fall detection, which is super important. We've literally saved lives being made aware of a fall that occurred when we were not in the home, but there's so much more. It's, it's kind of a black box. I think, you know, you mentioned having, um, you know, an older, you know, your, your father and your mother, um, I don't want to say this the wrong way, but I, and, and both my parents have passed as well. But when you talk to them on the phone, they, they often exaggerate their wellness, right? And, and so what having the technology to get an insight of what's going on when you're not there, uh, and again, I, I've, I've lived it. I remember when, um, you know, my, my mother-in-law was going through some challenges and my wife pops in on her and she's still in bed at noon. And, you know, she's never done that her whole life. But if if you didn't happen to pop in and find her, uh, you know, still in bed, you wouldn't have known that. Well, guess what? You know, we now have the technology to show, uh, you know, our, is our loved one getting up once a night? 15 times a night? Are they, are they going to the kitchen? Are they eating? Are they doing all these types of things? So by using kind of remote monitoring, um, and it's, and it's a little bit of a challenge, Rob, because you get the peace of mind, but, but sometimes, you know, the, the senior is really concerned about privacy. So that's where it becomes, um, how we, how we talk to the families about it, because, it's one of those things that is more important to you many times than it is to the person that we're caring for who again over tends to exaggerate their wellness and not not seeing some gaps that we easily see from having known this person our entire lives um but yeah technology and monitoring it can provide uh dramatic insights not only on just those emergencies but even just on the day-to-day, uh, you know, predictive technologies around health changes allows us to intervene before something minor becomes something major. And that's really what, you know, when, when I talked about, you know, helping bend the cost curve on the hospitalizations and things like that, that we love to talk to payers and 
home health and hospitals about. Um, those are the types of things we're trying to do. And it's being led partly with technology, but also just with better uh, documentation um, by, our, by our caregivers that can help identify changes in condition. Yeah. Yeah. You still, it's interesting how on one end you have bureaucracy still and, and rules and you have to sort of look at and say, how can I make an impact here? What do I, what, what do I have to do right now? It's, it's paperwork, right? Just doing it right. Checking, you know, saying the right things at the right times. And I just, and as you were talking, I'm thinking about, <clears throat> I'm reading about AI all the time, every day. And, um, you know, there's these pins that they're going to be announced here. I forget the name of the company, but wearables are obviously already happening with watches and things. But these pins, I believe, are going to do a next level thing, right? Really looking at things, detailed things about your health and helping you in different ways about your diet. Uh, so so we got some really groundbreaking ways to keep an eye on stuff. But, but it's interesting, to your point, it's not like everybody's clamoring for you to know everything about me. Like you want to know if my my blood pressure went up five times today. Like I really don't want you to know that. I, I really don't think you need to know. Um, so there is sort of that balance. Like how do you how do you do that? And I know that we. Well, it's also I've generational. With, I was going to say it's generational, right? I think in my demographic. You know, I have a Garmin watch. It collects an unbelievable amount of information about myself. You know. Uh, and I look at my charts all the time. How did I sleep last night? Darn, I didn't hit 82. You know, but 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 the older generation who's not so comfortable with that, uh, you know, I think when I get to that age, yeah, give me one of those things or put that on me. Yeah, that's no big deal. Let me just see my numbers. But um, the generation ahead of us is not that comfortable with that, uh, which, again, is a little bit of a challenge. But as you say, the, the better the technology, the smaller it gets, the less invasive, um, all that stuff will make adoption you know, much, much easier. And again, it's also, um, you know, talking to the, the, the person we're caring for in words that they understand, you know, we just look, we, we don't, do you, do you like ambulance rides? We don't either. And so let's, let's do the things that will keep you safe and in the home because that's the reason they want to stay. They want to stay in the home, right? They want to stay in the home forever. And I guarantee most of them have had friends, right. That, that had a fall and never got back home ever. You know, and so talking to them about preventing falls and 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 monitoring other things, that's the, the end result is to keep you in the home. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what and we talk a lot about independence. I think what it is, is just knowing that like just you and I, we, we want to be independent. Like we we don't want to lose that. So it, but but then you have to understand what we're doing is giving, keeping the independence. We're allowing you to extending your independence. We're, it's a trade-off a little bit, but it, it, all these things lead to more independence and, and being in the home longer and all these things they want anyway. But you have to say it a certain way. You can't just like, you know, like we have, I'm familiar with a driver's program where that's really heightened because driving is, is a big thing that people use for independence. They have to rely on others. You know, it's very important. So you can't just go at someone and say, well, you haven't been driving very good lately, you know, and and, and tell them we probably should take your keys. Like, that's not going to work. <laughs> so, right. so like, you've got to do it. But it's the same with these other things, these other technologies and these other ways of helping folks. But again, it's about it, keeping that independence and so that we could do this longer, right? And keep you safe and all that. 
So, and others safe, really. Um, and and that's, uh, that's, that's not easy to do. So tell me a little bit about the business side. So you've, you've got to find franchisees that embrace some of these ideas and not only are good business people, but also good at providing this service. So it takes a heart. Tell me a little bit about how you guys go about finding the right people. What are those ca- characteristics look like for you guys? Yeah, it's 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 funny. Um, it's it starts with it, it starts with that heart piece that you touched on. Uh, and sometimes I would joke is that uh, many times we learn um, the pe- the people that we have that are being successful are being successful in spite of the lack of business acumen they actually have. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, one of the things we intentionally did in the last three years. So, you know, I joined right before COVID, and you know, and I I restructured the team. But one of the things that I was targeting was being a coach on the business acumen side, because uh, it's funny whether that left brain right brain thing, right? Um, many times the folks that that we attract that lead with that heart, which is so critical to provide great care isn't the same side of the brain that's, you know, analytical and number oriented. So in effect, we can benefit that group, which is the majority of our franchisees by bringing in a different training that most franchisors don't even provide. And so we definitely look for um, that story. You know, you're talking about your mom or you're talking about your dad. I mean, and, and, and many times, they'll come in with a tough story where they had a bad experience and they see themselves as not wanting to have another family go through the poor experience they've had. That that's exactly, you know, what we look for because especially starting off, um, you know, our, our folks can, can, in a sense can be on call 24 seven for emergencies, which if, if you're not in it for the right reasons can burn you out. And so if you're not leading with that uh, and not taking dividends that are non-financial and, and really, uh, you know, being mentally rewarded for the, the care you're providing, it's it's a key concept to success, especially in those early tough years before you kind of build, you know, the scale that allows you to uh, have a team to take care of that for you. Right. Uh, you know, but the, but, the, but the good thing about, you know, our business you know, it's, it's, there's really not a ceiling. Um, you know, our our folks can be successful with 20 clients, you know, and, and to, to, to think that that's all you need on, you know, 10,000 turning 65 every day. I mean, there's a lot of opportunities. And so, you know, that's what, that's why we, you know, I think we feel like we're a great opportunity if you have the right heart to be able to build a successful business. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. You know, so we, the characteristics of hard and obviously being part of a franchise brand is one of the great things that, you know, you can, you can kind of examine more about like, what is the core thing I'm doing in this business model? Is it for me or not? Right. Like running this kind of business might be, I'm doing this all day versus that. Um, So understanding the real purpose behind a business model is important because a franchise can fill out the other parts. Like, yeah, I'm not a great numbers person, but you know, here my 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 CEO was a CFO and many different types of roles. So like you've got that covered. You don't have to worry about those details. You can run that business well. And the motivator is so that I can run this well. 
So I can do maybe it's not just 20 families, maybe it's 40, maybe it's 60. Tell me a little bit about that, though. You know, with most brands, um, even though there's a playbook and and a lot of established success, that first year is usually an important year for most franchisors and franchisees. Want to see people hit those milestones and get that momentum. Tell me a little bit of what that looks like. And and you said a little bit about how this can scale for someone if they are ambitious and have a mission to help folks. Uh, Because, look, there's going to be more and more demand coming, so as you know. Yeah, the, the most critical thing because um, all the all the marketing and by marketing I'm referring to whatever digital marketing or you know signage or da 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 da. All that stuff is great, but in a business where trust is the most important component, it's not, not to say that families won't trust their loved one to a brand. Uh, they will much more likely to trust their their person, their loved one with a person. And right, so getting out in the community and getting connected uh, in areas where you're, you're exposed to seniors in need, and whether that's you know facilities, whether that's even churches and or any other organizations, wealth planners, things like that, networking, and really becoming educated in um, in senior issues putting yourself in the market as an expert for senior care and, 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 and just really marketing yourself as a trusted resource is, is the most critical thing because uh, we were talking, you know, before when we first kicked off the call, you know, you were talking about, you know, people not understanding it or knowing it. Yeah. Cause, cause nobody sits here and says, I'm going to put home care on my Christmas list, right? Nine times out of 10, it's, it's, somebody is scrambling at when something happens to their loved one and they're trying to figure it out in two seconds because in three days mom's getting discharged from the hospital well because of that lack of prior planning that goes in typically into home care you have to be the person they think of when the emergency occurs or or the person that's you know going to get the referral from whoever your trusted advisor is and so it's it's to me, the networking component is the most critical. And that's definitely where, you know, we t- tell our folks to spend as much time as possible, not inside your office, spend as much time as you can outside your office in that startup period, um, we feel is the most critical component. Yeah, I, I hear that time and time again, and, and especially in your in your industry. Um, tell me about, so you have this partnering going on and I know that can happen on lots of levels that really anyone working with seniors and their families, right? It could be illegal. It could be financial. It could be medical. Medical is obviously the reaction where you get that you need to do something quickly kind of thing. Uh, so that that's also a good partner, but these are different kinds of partners. And this is a marketing question. I want to see if you, if you, uh, you've experienced something in, in, in what you guys have done with your brand. If I'm in front of an audience, it could be anybody's audience. It could be the lawyer's audience. It could be the financial planner's audience. It could be a, a company, a, a chamber of commerce. It could be a medical a group, uh, an audience of people like me. Uh, in my, I'm in my 50s. And, you know, what that thing do you think would be most valuable? We, me and I know that, like, there are people like myself, younger kids of older parents, they have worries right now. They're concerned about things. What do you think would be a valuable thing to offer as a, as a first time in front of an audience? 
what are you what are you communicating to that audience? What are you helping with? What do you think it is? I mean, to me, it's like somehow giving peace of mind. But what what form would that take? Is there some tool? Is there something that you could give an audience that would be like, man, they won't forget that, and they'll be you'll be the first person they call. Like, is there anything like that that I you're think, you're thinking I think of? Something like that. That's it, from from what you're saying it, to me. It strikes me as you know is more. Uh, in general, and I think it goes back to the fundamentals of our brand and and, and things like that. Um, because when I when I think of uh, when, when you really think about how you're going to differentiate yourself, you know, you, you've got to carve that up by the audience. And so, how, how you how I would differentiate myself to the medical community is is I would use words that the families wouldn't even understand, right? And so what's what's very important to the medical community is is very different for the decisions that you're making. And it could be very different, too, from how you're working with the financial planners and the legal planners, too. And so I think it's if I was just in front of that general group, I would go to, you know, the principles of the brand and the trust, you know, the, the story of Jean um is is really compelling about her journey and how, how this you know 50 something year old lady in a wheelchair started this company because she saw a need in her church um you know i think resonates really well and, and you yeah. know even griswold i can't tell you how many times and we can all just go ha 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 it was named for the guy on vacation you know but uh you know the movie came out a year after gene started this company so okay. you know the timing. <laughs> uh, she, yeah right she beat she beat it to the punch she owns yeah. that <laughs> right but so you know but I, i've had franchisees share with me how a lot of the competitors out there don't stand out because it's home this it's senior that it's you, you walk out of those meetings and you can't remember who's who in the zoo, but people remember Griswold because it's, it's a family name. Well, yeah. And I, I, well, I think, and this will probably help too. What I'm getting at is like the, we said earlier that folks kind of struggle with these things when they're day to day. It's like, I'm worried about my mom and dad or my mom or my dad or vice versa. And, and I don't know how quite to handle it. I haven't really talked to my sisters about it yet. And, I'm a little worried. And then, well, maybe I did talk to my, you know what I mean? It's like that whole thing going on where there's this journey, I think, that people delay kind of doing something or figuring it out because it's like, is this happening? Is this um, everything was fine for the last 80 years, right? Now it's right. something's not right. And so, like, there's this idea that no one talks about it that I wanted to touch on. So I'm in front of an audience and I'm presenting something. And I'm, I'm, maybe it's my my partner here. He's a financial planner. He's got this audience, right? Maybe it's a newsletter I'm sending. Maybe it's a, I'm standing in front of the audience. But what is the offer? And that's what I was saying to us. What I'm seeing is just the offer of saying, you have permission to come and figure this out. We will talk to you about whatever it is that's on your mind. We, we know you struggle with that. You have permission to come and we'll figure it out. Don't delay. There's probably something we could do for you right now to make things better. To me, that's what it is. It's like giving yeah. that art, but but you know, how do you frame it? Is there is there something you can leave with them that just would be, man, that would be really valuable for them to have, just to know that, like a checklist. Uh, they should just have that one thing until they're ready to reach out. But like that's what I was after. Is like, what is that thing? Because the audience we know is hiding this almost. They're not talking about it enough. 
Right. And there's random people in it that you could, you just know they're there. And so what are you saying to them that meets them in that chair that says, reach out, raise the hand or hit, click the button? That's what I was wondering. Like what in your mind, is it that assessment? What's the word? Is that peace of mind? We're going to give you, I don't know. That's yeah, kind of where I think it's, yeah. uh, I think it's just kind of that, you know, foundation of expertise, which is one of our pillars, right? Um, because because we do, our folks are experts in all aspects of senior care, um, and and they also can help navigate different parts of you know the the health system. Um, there's even you know there's opportunities, there's programs out there depending on um, you know social economic factors too, and 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 finding out what the options are. Um, you know, you're you're a little bit of the exception, Rob, because if if you're worrying about this, we're typically marketing toward the daughters of the. <laughs> really? Okay, gotcha. Yeah, no, that makes that makes sense. I just throw that out there. They, they, they always say that uh, you know the daughters make the decisions uh, for the loved ones, uh, but I'm I'm sure there's families out there that it's it's all boys. I'm I'm one of three boys, so uh, yeah, my parents were stuck. Um, but we definitely see much more involvement. Uh, and, and, and when it came with my my mother-in-law, my wife was the, the, the decision maker in her care. And so, but I think it's, you're right. I think it's just, um, you know, the, the expertise that's not specific, give us a call, talk to us about what's going on, how things are going, what you're seeing. Because it's also... It's hard, right, for the, the 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 child to have to kind of switch places from being cared for to having to provide the care, and that's and the other thing is so many people, and that's where our services come in, is they want to stay they want to stay with the parent child relationship. You know, they don't want to be the ones doing some of the day to day, hour to hour things. Uh, you know, it, 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 some people aren't up for it. And so let us be the hands and, and, and provide the help too. But it's, I think it's unique to, to the circumstance and it's like everything else. You meet them where they are and, and, and try to figure out how you can help. Yeah, I think a little bit of what I, I think is the understanding that we get where you are, like we can relate to you. Um, it's complicated world we can make it simple. We have, we have all those details. We we can kind of show, you know, so that's how, that's how I look at it. It's like, that's what would get me. Like, I get it. Yeah. I should, you know what I mean? There, there are variables here that I need to start to look at and consider. And there is people that actually are experts at this and not only themselves, but the network around them becomes part of their story. Both the, both the brand network and the partner network that they build locally. So that's pretty cool. In terms of the future, we talked a little bit about technology, um, but the other side of the trends, obviously, and I'm sure you talk about this daily, is just the aging population, right? And that just keeps aging. So, and those problems we we all help with uh, increase with age. So, tell me about the future a little bit. I know you guys are growing. Um, you're hitting some milestones and things. Tell me about your your both your goals and your expectations of where you see this industry going and how that affects how you're going to approach things as CEO. Yeah. Yeah. Just as we touched on kind of earlier, I think, 
we have to get smarter on how we're going to care for more people with uh, the same or fewer staff in a sense. And so, uh, well, you know, well, it's two things, right? I think you have the demand side of the need, which we all see the charts, the silver tsunami, all that stuff that we get beat up uh, daily in the news media. But we're, we're, I, I will tell you where in the short near term, if you will, is where we're hyper-focused, uh, which again, will help us for the longer term is being super competitive with respect to the employer side. Um, the, you know, we, we, many times people think, how are you going to differentiate yourself to the clients? But it, just as important when we're faced with a situation where we can have more demand than we have supply, we got to get hyper-focused on why a caregiver would choose to join us and would choose to stay with us. And what is, you know, why as we compete, they can get the same pay just about anywhere they would like. And there's no shortage of home care agencies out there. And I, uh, from the client side, maybe one of the most important things from the client side is the continuity of care. They don't want a stranger showing up every day, right? They want the same person, especially when they're dealing with cognitive issues. You know, they want the reliable of same person there every day. So we have to not only be able to come up with our, our sales pitch, if you will, our differentiation strategy toward the caregivers, but also make sure, and this again is where technology comes into place, is on how do we retain them? And we do have, we have AI on that, that provides us predictive technologies on where there's turnover risk and, mm -hmm. and predictive technologies on where uh, you could say there's satisfaction challenges because while we do surveys to both the clients and the caregivers we can now use you know technology and, and ai driven interactions to determine people's mindsets you know did they have a good shift are they getting along with their client so you know competing on the caregiver side in some respects um you know, before we start talking about technology is going to drive a lot of our success going forward. I love what you frame there because it's, it reminds me of, a, I heard recently about uh, Jeff Bezos. It's a statement quote he made. Someone asked him like 10 years ago about Amazon, about the future. And he said, well, I'm just focused on what we know won't change. And, you know, it's the people want packages fast. So like, Technology might change and make that different how we accomplish that, but we're still focused on that. It's just like what you said. It's like, well, how we get that continuity of care may look different, but we got to do that. It has to be comfortable. It has to be consistent. And 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 maybe, you know, and so back to the and then hiring as well. It's like, you know, you you have to, you know, give your 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 team reasons to want to keep doing what they're doing. And part of that is equipping them to do a better job. We all want to feel like we're making progress. We all want to feel like we're doing a good job. And, and how can technology enable that? Because that's really what it'll come down to is them being satisfied, right? Feeling good. I feel this, me and you both want to make progress every day. <laughs> it's pretty common sense, but how do you use technology to do that? Because that'll help build those teams and keep those teams in place. So that's, yeah, that's pretty cool stuff. I appreciate that you kind of framed it that way. Cause that's right. These things won't change really, 
how we handle our relationships and, and, and provide our services, but how we get accomplished it with the technology might evolve. Um, is there anything you want to leave with the audience? I wanted to kind of, uh, um, before I let you go, um, and it could be somebody that is already in this industry. Um, is there anything you would, a word of encouragement or a principle or an idea for other providers that are doing what your team is doing or for a potential franchisee that might be interested in this industry? Is there, is there anything you'd like to leave with the audience that, that comes to mind? Yeah, yeah, that's a tough, uh, you know, it's a tough one because uh, we certainly have had so many uh, formative people. Uh, in a sense, I was, um, you know, blessed working for two very longstanding brands. And uh, and I worked for a long time with a, a founder that, uh, you know, his key word uh, was always integrity. In fact, we named an award after him that was an integrity award. And so that um that was always compelling but i i've really we've dug in on on the family in fact while the griswold family um you know separated sold the business in 2009 uh during our 40th anniversary last year we reconnected with both uh, kent and lori griswold who uh kent was gene's son and lori um is kent's wife and they both at one point uh, served as a CEO of this company, and uh, and Lori recently rejoined our board, and has just really been a wealth of knowledge um, and, and history, and and so I think we've what we've done with that. It's not that we're just trying to say, hey, look, we have Griswold on our board. It's really making the connection back to Gene's legacy and Gene's. Um, we get Gene stories all the time and every one of them uh you know we learn a lot from and i think it helps us in our mission reminding us why we're doing what we're doing and i think that's you know people sometimes dismiss the value of history uh mm -hmm. but we embrace it and so we think that's uh we love it and and you know and i think just learning those lessons that uh you know that gene taught everyone and keeping those lessons alive is what we like to do here at griswold well and i i appreciate that answer because i feel like that's the, the point of that is the, the what it takes to start a business like when you have a certain a, a vision and passion or a why if you will like gene's vision and passion and why was the thing that it's hard to capture that in a bottle, if you will, like lightning in a bottle. But that's the way you do it is through stories, through understanding that 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 those early challenges and how that how how she would work through that. Or those are those are so meaningful because that's what the driver was. That's and, and that's what will get you through the next stages of growth. That sort of lightning in the bottle, that that inspiration. And um, I think that is that is the key, right? That's that's a key well, piece of it, advice. It you should have something like that that you're looking at. And that's the great thing about a franchise brand, because most of them have something. They have an inspiration. They have a starting point. And then they help. Yeah. So one of the things I will tell you, one of the things that we've, uh, again, learning from talking to Kent and Lori, that, that we, when we're talking about new franchisees, uh, we, we feel like we have a very high bar. 
Um, we don't, we don't want to just take the next franchise fee. And that goes all the way back. It's funny. I said to, uh, I said to, to Lori Griswold, I said, you know, we kind of have three standards. It's like, A, they have to uh, have, have that why, um, you know, B, they obviously have to have the financial ability, um, but they, but money can't be their top motivator. If money's their top motivator, um, they, they don't, they don't pass the test. Well, back in the day, Gene had that same approach. And in fact, Jean not only didn't uh, require the franchise fee, she didn't even ask for one. You know, you were granted a franchise for free if you qualified in her mind to be worthy of a Griswold franchise. And so we, we've perpetuated that, that standard. And so we, we're not going to lead the industry in selling new franchises. But I feel like what we want to lead is, you know, that success rate and, and also the cultural alignment, because anybody can write a check. But to kind of meet the test is, I think, what we try to maintain. Yeah, that's so important because that will drive ultimately success for everybody, everybody, right? Down to the, not most importantly, to the customers. Um, but, but ultimately, you can't do well when it's not the right fit. And if it's whatever there's, there's reasons there, there's no worse decision you can make than awarding a, a franchisee to the wrong person i think that happens a lot in in early stage uh emerging brands and i've often advised on that like i've been involved in those situations and i said you know it's so important to build a foundation on people that are that ideal perfect vision that you had for the and they have to be the right people especially early on but then forever <laughs> so it's a, it's something you really got to get good at. It's not someone who says I'm ready to go and I want to make money. It has to be more than that. Um, so anyway, well, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate your time today. Uh, that's been that's been really good insights on on the industry. I, I really wish you well, Michael. I know it's yeah, a thanks, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot ahead of us, all of us, for this. And I, I I'm thankful for for businesses like yours. And you're only going to get bigger and stronger and help more people. So. I wish your your brand well, and I do want to have you back, and we'll keep talking. And it'll be interesting to see what AI has in store, but I'm sure there'll be some other support and other ways we can help the world, and and there'll, there'll be a growing population to serve. So I'm sure it's going to be interesting to keep talking. I know this is a big decade, so we'll we'll be in touch. And uh, to the audience, I just again thank you for being here. Thank you for listening in. Uh, we'll have more more uh, more engaging conversations to come. And bye for now. All right. Thanks.